And welcome to this Rugby Bits and Pieces podcast. And this is a very special episode. We'll be previewing um, and going to depth into the South Africa versus France quarterfinal happening on Sunday evening. And we're going to be focusing on the French side. And we've got um, uh, rugby journalist uh, Thomas Cobert with us today. He is currently with, I think, Act2 Rugby at the moment. And wow. yeah, has written... Yeah, that is correct. And as written for Bidol, Rugby Rama, et cetera, et cetera. This is our third time, I think, we're trying to record with Thomas. So hopefully this one actually does go out. But Thomas, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thomas, there's only one place to start, and that is the man that is wearing the the, the scrum cap, um, the, the elephant in the room right now, Antoine yeah. Dupont has come back from injury, he's practicing, he's been cleared for contact, he's wearing a black scrum cap. It seems like all, all indications are he will definitely play on Saturday. Maybe there's a bit of a question as to whether he starts or not. Uh, Thomas, can you yeah, sort of go th- talk about, you know, obviously what we know how great, great Dupont is, um, but do you think it's better for him to come off the bench? Um, how do you think... I mean, Maxine Lukut played really well on, on Friday against Italy as well. How do you think um, Fabien Galtier is going to manage that? There is no doubt in my mind that if Antoine Dupont is fit and cleared to play, he will start. Um, a bit of inside information. My, my sister is actually an orthopedic surgeon. Hmm. Uh, nowhere near uh, Dupont where was operated on, but apparently his scans le- leaked all over the... Um, the country of course and the and the specialist in her hospital saw the scan and said oh he'll play he, he saw the scans like 10 days ago he'll play so apparently mm. the like the injury wasn't isn't as dangerous as as um originally thought uh it's not it's not the eye socket so if if he gets hit again it's not, it won't be that bad so there's no doubt in my mind he, he's, he's going to start the game he's, he's too essential to not to start yeah, uh, that's great news. And <laughs> I, I'm Cooks has not been talking. Yeah, let's hope so. But like, I know Cooks has been talking about that the the surgeon in France having probably the the most high pressure job in the world at the moment because if he said no, Dupont can't play, I think he'd have been like kicked out of France the next week. Uh if yeah, this there was probably a little pressure, but at the same time. Um, it's 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 too risky a zone of the body uh, to take any, mm-hmm. any chance. But again, I'm sure like if he's been cleared, uh, it's because it's not that bad, and he'll 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 definitely start. And and again, like he he got injured with a massive hit on the face. Those kind of hits don't happen that often. So yeah. hopefully he doesn't get hit again. The only the only like issue would be if South African players or or um, next teams there that they face if they qualify would like try to get in his face like literally if he's at the bottom of a rock or anything but that's that's rugby um, so I'm I'm not too worried uh, if he's been cleared by the surgeon so I'm, I'm I think he I think he'll be okay mm-hmm. and then Thomas how do you think um, Maxine Luku went um, uh, against Italy I mean we know that he's um, Jalibert's club teammate he's I think the captain of Bordeaux usually. Um, and, you know, he's, I think what impresses me about Luku is just his tactical kicking and his ability to ensure that France plays in the right areas. He had a great performance on Friday. I mean, yes, Italy hasn't been playing its best rugby at the moment, but he, yeah, I mean, there's uh, all there's obviously more of a chance that he plays a lot of significant minutes now 
um, than um, than he would have before. Uh, he was much better against Italy than he was against Uruguay, uh, for sure. <clears throat> Um, what's funny is like his balance with Jalibert. When, when Jalibert played with Dupont against uh, against Namibia, which was a game for Jalibert, like in terms of having front, front football, uh, attacking the line, it should have been a game for him. But when he was playing with Dupont, he was very he was very discreet because Dupont takes over takes and takes charge. But when he plays against Italy with Lucu, Jalibert took charge and that's an interesting balance that they found. So if Lucu plays, I think it's uh, the focus won't be on him as much as it is on Jalibert. Um and and they're pretty efficient uh, in terms of uh, halfback combinations. So I'm 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 happy when Lucu plays with uh, with Jalibert cuz Jalibert takes charge and you see the Jalibert that that we're used to seeing in the top 14. Thomas, I think um, as South Africans, I think the guys who do watch the uh, top 14 have been following France for the last four years. I think the, one of the greatest jobs that Fabian Galtier has done in the last four years is, is, is building depth. And you've seen that with Marshall going down, then Mavuka steps up, and then Dupont goes down, and then Luku steps up, and then Tamak goes down, and then Jalibé steps in. Do, do, do you guys think that's probably, do you think, Thomas, that's probably been the best thing that Favorite Galtier has done, I think, because now you still sort of you, you can still see some of his favorites without three massive players potentially being out. I know Dupont comes back on Sunday, but um, did you guys still feel at ease with the depth that um, Fabian Galtier has created over the last four years? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, some positions maybe we we were a bit more fragile, and uh, I think number five is a bit of a, a tough. A uh, tough area for us at the moment. Flamand has been stepping in, and he's he's been doing the job, but he's he's not Valencia, and he's not Taufi Fenua uh, in terms of power and 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 physical presence. Um, so the depth uh, is much better than it than, than it has been in the during the past I don't know 10, 15 years, where we we've struggled in so many positions. Nowadays, yeah, we've lost in Tamak and Jalibert and Jalibert stepped up, like you said. I don't think I don't think Luku is quite up there with a with a with the with the team in terms of level. He's good. He's obviously he's not Dupont. Um, some positions again we're 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 fragile. Like thirteen, I'm not, I'm not sure we we have someone to step up if we lose Fiku. Twelve when we saw we saw when we lost Dante that number twelve was was an issue as well. Um, Dante brings brings so much in terms of physical presence and 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 um, grit work. So some positions we're really comfortable with, some some a little less so. Yeah, I think one going into the the team on 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 well, that's expected to be announced. It sounds like that some of the debates. Well, with we've talked about Dupont. Um, it's also been confirmed that Julien Marchand will not be playing in this game, that he'll probably only yeah. be fit if there's a semi-final next week. And it seems like France is toying between going 5-2 or 5-3 or 6-2. Um, obviously, we know that Sekou Makalu played basically 70 minutes on the wing um, in the France-South Africa game last year. Uh, Thomas, yeah, what would what have you heard? What would your preference be um, for the makeup of the rest of the team? I don't know if I have preference. The thing is, uh, we have to adapt to obviously a very, a very physical opponent on Sunday. Uh, maybe they'll go for six-two, but again, you have the Dupont issue. 
if there's trouble with Dupont, you need you maybe need more options in the back. So it's going to be a it's it's a very very tough question to ask. If there wasn't the Dupont issue, and maybe maybe six two would be would be the way to go, like for sure. With Dupont uh, having having this this uh, this injury uh, coming back from injury, maybe you go for five three and you have you have another option in in the in the back line and two half backs on the bench. I don't know what they're gonna go for. Uh, I think I think six two. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's very tough. Maybe five. I'd go five three. If if Dupont is, is in trouble during the game, you go five three and you have one more option. We we saw the six two work so many times and, and again I don't know if you you've probably watched it the the European Cup semi-final between Toulouse and Leinster Toulouse went 6-2 and lost one of the backs in the first like 12 minutes of the game and they were they were screwed basically because they didn't have any options so if you go 6-2 and you lose someone very early in the game uh, that's bad for you that kills you basically yeah it's you need a uh... You need a bit of you need some guys in the back that can move around a little bit, and it kind of leads me into what I was thinking. So, on the left wing, so Bilberry's definitely. It looks like he's just basically taking that jump and made it his own. I know Villiers was injured for a little bit, but as far as I know, he is back fit. Is it straight up that Bilberry's starting eleven, or do you think Villiers could get another look in somewhere along the line? How how's that balance working, or is it just? A straight up um, start at eleven for for the youngster. Yeah, I think I think Bielbiai gives you the option of playing fifteen as well. So maybe he's a, and in terms of form, he's been he's been he's been on the on the up on the up uh, for a while. Well, Villiers coming back from injury hasn't really got back to form. So I think Bielbiai will edge him for the number number eleven jersey. Uh, again, he can he can play fifteen. And and Villiers is a uh, an exclusive winger. So I think BLBI will, will will start. I just think BLBI is going to start because apparently for France you can't play eleven if you don't wear a scrum cap. I think that's the that's the rule here. It looks like I mean he's always a scrum cap now. BLBI. So so any French um, wings listen to this um, in the top fourteen starts, please start wearing scrum caps if you want to get in that number eleven jumper. I feel like that's Fabien Galtier's plan here. And soon it's going to go. It's going to go um both wingers being scrum caps kind of like the evolution of the wingers in south africa as well so <laughs> i think damien pinot has got to got to sort his sort himself out and get himself a scrum cap oh he would look so good he would look so good but you can't hide damien pierre under, under a scrum cap no, no, no. You can't, you can't hide that face come on guys yeah i'm um, speaking of pinot i i know in the last recordings that we had, um, Thomas Cobain, like you said that he's like an overexcited golden retriever, which I think is a fantastic description for him. Um, you, Yeah, we've seen that his attacking stats in the World Cup so far have been fantastic. He's top foot for the tries. He has, um, I think, seven tries and three assists. He's three tries away from the French um, record as well. Um, but it was interesting that the All Blacks did try to target him um, defensively, like it seems like um, Talea had a lot of um, mileage from just yeah from the ball going wide because he sometimes maybe either gets lost or tries to bite inside there. Um, Thomas, what do you think of that? He's worrying me. That's why he's. And I think my exact <laughs> words were he's an over enthusiastic uh, golden retriever, uh, which is basically the same. Uh, yeah, he's a bit of a worry for me because when when he 
it tends to rush up and then get lost in a no man's land. And that's when uh, opposition wingers try and tend to exploit the outside because Pono like rushes up, maybe tries to go for the interception. Maybe uh, I don't know if it's the system or Pono not reading properly, but he does that very often. Ireland exploited it uh, in the Six Nations. Um, New Zealand exploited it, like you said. If a team can and and. Obviously, he's going to play opposite either Arente or, or Kobe. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's very it's a major concern for me. But again, if he if he allows the opposition to to score once and he, and on the other side he scores two, it's a good ratio. So uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge Perno fan because he could be so much better if he if he worked a little more if he tackled a little a little better, but he does score so many tries. So what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Thomas, I mean, you're looking at the Springboks, for example, from a French side. I think, obviously, I think as Springbok fans, one of the biggest concerns, I think, my worry with the French side is it's probably one of the few sides in world rugby that can match us in terms of forward depth and being able to go 6-2 as well comfortably like, like the box two. But when you look at the Springbok side, um, the Springbok side, Thomas, what's your... What, what, what fears the most? Is it the pack? Is it the, the, the polo coming back? What is, if you'd say it, it is one thing that the French have got to be very worried about this weekend and very worried about this weekend, what do you think would it be? I think, uh, if it turns into a war of attrition, I think the, 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 the Springboks will edge us. Uh, because Pollard is back and we'll be able to, to, to convert into points, whatever mistake we're, we're going to make. Um, and on the other side, they can also play very well and, and uh, expensive rugby. They have a great uh, back three, a very dangerous back three that I really like, by the way. And I think Damien Vilemsa has been brilliant when he started for the Springboks. So it's, 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 uh, there's threats on every, every, in every area of the park, obviously. So I don't think you can identify one. Obviously, he's going to start with the forwards and, we do have Movaka who stepped up brilliantly as a as a start a starting hooker. I don't think Borgaret is quite as good. Uh, we have Antonio, but I don't think uh, either Aldegheri or Falatea are quite up there with the best either. Um, so I don't know if we have the depth, uh, like you said. I don't. I don't think we match the Springboks in terms of depth uh, with the forwards. But at the same time, we we also have a. A strong team in every every area as well. It's a very consistent team, so I think we can. We, the, both teams are going to match it, each other um, in every area. But on the uh, on on the other hand, I think in terms of power, uh, like maintaining the 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 intensity of the and the power with the forwards, I think the the box have us uh, on that side. So if if we we can't like. Take the score and and stay in front and until the seventieth or until the last minutes of the game is going to be it's going to be tough for us. If we have to come back from behind, it's going to be tough. Yeah, fair enough. I think the Springboks. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't back too many teams to come back against the Springboks. I mean, yeah. that big pack and and defense and obviously subbing on like you know five, six, seven, however many forwards as well. Just gives you the best uh like ability to 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 shut down a team when you need to in the second half so i think you're completely right that 
you need to build scoreboard pressure and come ahead. And it's, uh, I mean, the Springboks have done a few comebacks or have tried to do a few comebacks over the last few years, but it's, uh, yeah, I think most teams, if they beat them, are usually ahead of them in the scoreboard, at least for most of the game. Um, I think, yeah, the, go on, the, Thomas. The, the, the public, if we can stay in front of the other, like last 20, the, the, like the crowd is going to play its role and maybe, mm. and maybe push up the defensive effort but if we have to come back from behind it's going to be it's going to be massive massively hard no that's very true sean um going back to the 2022 match the november 22 22 match the france won um, 30 points to 26 i mean it was a tight game and i mean it was obviously there was a few cards there was a lot of moments but yeah i think both teams you know just I mean, there there was there was some uh, key injuries to to players either before or during the game, but yeah, both teams seem to almost play themselves out to a stalemate. Is there anything that either the French or the Springboks can learn from last year's game? Yeah, it, it's gonna for me. It works both ways. Um, one, the French really needed a home win against the Springboks. I think it was probably something they targeted. Um, leading up to the World Cup for for a while, um, they're kind of like we know we can do it, so let's let's build on with it. Um, the South Africans probably it probably works in their favor as well because you know we got to we've we've had such a good run there, and then we had a tight game the the game before I think was the the, the most recent game before in in Paris where Benambi scored. Please excuse the noise. My puppy is playing with everything. Um, when Benambi um, scored in the end and, and we won it. We're, I think now South Africa, like the Springboks will be looking at it like we've got a point to prove. You know, the French will think that they've got the upper hand. Now we've got to go and we've got to change it up. We know what the crowd is like. We know what everything's like. And uh, we've got to fix it. The other thing the Springbok can look back is um, how well um, the French managed with uh, Makalu on the wing and how well that they managed to deal with issues in the game. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a massive build for, for, for us. The thing with that game is uh, also that France had beaten, beaten everyone uh, in, in world rugby pretty much during Galtier's era, except South Africa. And that's why the yeah. game was so important for us. Um, yeah. That was just that, what I wanted to add, that game was really massive for us because South Africa up to then was the one team that we weren't able to to beat and we hadn't beaten in a while. Um, so that was very important in terms of confidence and 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 backing up our our own ability to beat everyone. Yeah, and I think with both I think, well Ireland also to an extent, but yeah, I think France has shown great consistency in the last four years. I I, I think there's still, <laughs> this probably frustrates Sean and Cooks a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of South Africans and friends of your ours that are messaging us saying, you never know with the French team and all that sort of stuff. But I think those days are gone now. Like this team is consistent. It gets results. It's figured out how to win um, games, uh, you know, against all of the big teams. It's gone, come from behind. It's, it's, kept ahead, it's one with its forwards, it's one with some magic at the backs, it's one pretty much every way. So, I mean, it's, it, it isn't really that team, that French team of, of old where you're just like, oh, they'll just do something crazy. I mean, Peno will do something crazy in terms of just running <laughs> horizontally and then beating 20 defenders along the way. But yeah, I, it's not that 
team that we're waiting to trip up over itself anymore. I have, to, I have to agree with that. The one things, the one thing that's massively changed under Gatier is the compo the composure of the team. Whereas uh, a few years ago, we would like we would crumble under pressure and, and like give give points in the last minutes and lose to Ireland on a sexton drop goal from fifty or lose to Wales at home again with a George North try or whatever, that team doesn't panic anymore. That team knows how to win games and that team has been built to win the to win a World Cup. I don't know if they're gonna win it, but they've been built for that one purpose. They're they're focused and and the, the calm and composure of that team has been very impressive over, over the last like three, four years. Thomas I think I said to this guys to the guys last year, I think this is probably the most predictable and in in exclamation for inverted covers the most boring French I've seen because of you know what to expect you know how in that it's come consistency I mean not boring in terms of rugby the style of rugby they play they they're always a joy to watch but it's in terms of it, it's how predictable they are in terms of you know it's they're not just not going to turn up one day you know that they're going to kick well you know that they're going to the the, the pack's going to be well and you, you still get the special players in the Ramos and who can do chaos and in Pino who can do chaos and Dupont's going to beat sick tackles and then cross kick with his wrong foot. But that, there's still the element of that magic in there. But you know, the way they've played and the game plan they've played, I think what scares me and what's, what scares me the most is it's a game plan that can travel well. It can, it can, it can play well in New Zealand. It can play well in Australia if it needs to be. It can play well in England. It can also, it's also built for playoff rugby. And I think that's what scares me because there's a big part of, you look at the game against the All Blacks and, and this side now, like you mentioned, Thomas, the, the composure. They find ways to win games even when they're not playing well. They don't just rely on flair or rely on on, on magic plays. They, like with all blacks, they just grind down the all blacks, pick, picking up penalties, waiting for the chance to come. But then they can also get in a shootout. If the spring might throw the ball around the front, the French are more than willing because they're more than happy to sort of go down that path as well. And I think it's such a key thing for for for, for, for Saturn to win the World Cup. And I think Possibly France and Ireland are probably at the moment the two sides that are actually able to sort of change different playing styles to suit different conditions. The Springboks can in a certain extent, but we struggle at the moment in terms of putting away a side or taking our chances. But I think the French and Ireland, in terms of just different game styles and knowing how they want to play, I think those two are probably the two best sides in the world in that in that forefront. Wait, are we the unpredictable team now? I think the box are the you never know what they're gonna do, you never know they're gonna select. I feel like we've we've changed <laughs> roles. Reversed. Yes, imagine. French now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the World Cup stuff. Can you say that Thomas? Are we French with the World Cup stuff? <laughs> no, it's 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 been crazy the role reversal. Thomas, you want to just say box now. <laughs> Sorry, what was, uh, what was the question? No, I was just going to say you can go on because I saw your hand was raised. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I want to bounce back on the predictability. I think the the that French team has become has become has become sorry a little more mechanical than it used to be. Um, the it looks kind of like the game plan is more about keeping the structure, like kick, kicking well, defending well, um, obviously set piece, blah blah blah. And then allowing uh, individuals to to shine, uh, like Penault, like Dupont, or, or whoever steps up, and and like the attacking game plan isn't 
super, super elaborate, but it's just keeping the structure until someone finds an opportunity. Um, and that's why I do agree that we've become a little predictable until someone steps up and does something crazy and it, and it's usually Pinot. Yeah, it's, oh, I was just thinking about it now, trying to figure out how the teams will approach things. But I think the whole game, it all hinges on that opening 20 minutes because I, I firmly believe that the Springboks are one try away in the opening 20 minutes from, from unleashing because we've had so much, put so much pressure on size and just haven't really probably got the points that we deserved or, the, or no, let me rephrase it, the point we feel we should have got for, for the pressure. So I almost feel like the Springboks are going to be as game plan as usual, um, but France are going to be so heavily focused on defending in the first 20 minutes and either twisting things and being able to attack and to nullify the Springboks attack. But if they're going to be sitting defending for 15, 20 phases and not conceding points in the, in the, in the opening courts of the game with crowd, the home crowd, it's going to be, that could be the, the winning and the losing of the game for me. Yeah, it's also, it's going to be interesting because, yeah, as we've said, the box are now becoming a bit more adaptable in their game plan or in how they play. Like, <clears throat> they'll sometimes keep the, I mean, we saw against Ireland, they try to keep the ball and, and attack wide. Against Scotland, they were trying to kick a little bit more and put their um, back three under pressure. I think we know what France is going to do. We know that France kicks deep, uh, that France wants to play in the right areas. They don't want... They, they want to lull you into a bit of a kicking battle until something opens up for Ramos Peno or Dupont or someone. Um, but it's interesting just seeing some of the stats um, coming from Opta about, you know, the two or the, the teams in the quarterfinals. Both teams uh, are quite high in terms of dominant carries. Like, <laughs> this game is going to be absolutely physical. Like, it would just be big guys just smashing into each other for... Um, the majority of the game, and yeah, I think looking at the 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 battles um in in the different position groups, yeah, I think I think Cook said it earlier. Like France are probably the one team that perhaps won't necessarily beat the Springboks, but can come the closest and have probably the most depth. That there isn't that much of a dip in quality when you know the reserves come on, so there'll it'll be that battle um up front that I think from a French side. You, they just want to survive if 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 not you know just try to get um even with the spring box and the spring box just have to be dominant in because they need that and then the the 10 12 13 bat will be interesting um Dante and and Dialendi are, are playing absolutely fantastically both of them at the moment and Fico and Creole are, are obviously big for organizing the two defenses and if those things can 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 get going, then obviously we we can release the the players out wide from both teams. Um, Thomas, I think you've talked a lot about you know the maybe the concerns of the French and maybe the the strengths of the Springboks. But where do you think the French can actually target the Springboks on 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 Sunday? That's a, that's a tough question. I don't think there's <laughs> a, a a true weakness um, mm. in the Springbok side. Uh, the one I did see uh, in the, early in the competition was was kicking off the tee. Obviously, that's not a that's not something you can target. Um, so I don't know if there's a weakness on the other uh, on the other hand. I do see a weakness in our defense. I don't know if they how they're going to organize uh, the defense around Jalibert because 
if DLN they decides to target Jalibert all day, then we're in trouble. Um, maybe they'll they'll have uh, Ramos step up uh, in the in the line, and and Jalibert defend as a fullback. I don't know. Uh, targeting the Springboks, how do you do that? Uh, I don't know. It's it's like there's no weakness in, in that side, especially in defense. If they decide to rush, they're they're good. If they decide to wait for you, they're good. I don't know. I don't think there's a weakness there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe the one thing we can do because we we do have a great kicking game at the moment. So yeah, maybe try to move them around with the kicking game and and see if an opportunity uh, shows up. But I don't think there's a weakness uh, in that side. Thomas, I think where you guys can hurt us as since you mentioned kicking is. You guys have, I, 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 I'm, I'm sure you guys have probably scored the most cross, uh, cross-kick trials in this World Cup so far. And I think it's something that the All Blacks sort of used in 20, 2019 and, and then in the game that they beat us in the first World Cup. And, and we played the game this year at Mount, Mount State and sort of trying to kick the, like, the very smart kicks, trying to get behind the, the rush defence early, whether the, the kick across field or just a, a kick just over the rush. I think I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that you guys pulled this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised to sing a lot more cross-kicks. I think it's Something you guys have pulled off very, very well in the in the early stage of the competition, and 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 I do think you guys also fall in the, what what you guys do well in your kicking game is you guys are very disciplined and patient in kicking game. I think that's why the Springboks sometimes tend to struggle against Wales because Wales is the same as the Springboks. Wales don't mind kicking back and forth to the Springboks all day and just wait to wait for a crack to happen. I think with you guys as well, especially under Anagalti, you don't mind playing without the ball. So. I think what you will do is not fall trapped. Sometimes the Springboks try to apply the small, the slow poison, and teams are try to force, try to force the play, and then that's how the teams get caught up. But I think you guys, one of your biggest traits, the ability not to actually play with the want to play with the ball at certain times, that you you you're very very patient in your kicking game. I think sometimes that can frustrate the Springboks because they're not used they're not used to dealing with what they dish out. So I think that's where you guys can hurt them on on on, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Although I do have to say, a few years ago, the Springboks were, were brilliant at that, at, at putting pressure with the kicks, being present under the high balls, all that. Like the the Lions uh, tour in was it twenty twenty one? There was a lot of that, and you guys were brilliant, brilliant. So, so uh, I don't think you, you, I don't think that's a, a weakness on the Springboks side. I do have to agree that maybe, maybe. Pono being tall against um, either Arense or, or or Kobe could be an advantage if they if they can set up a few a few contests in the air. But besides that, I, again, I don't see that many weaknesses. Yeah, I think the one thing also that impressed me, especially against Italy, is France. I think went back to I think what worked for them in the first two years of the Galtier um, era, which is those pick up and drives and you know, the constant like pick up and goes and then Aldred picks it up and then he offloads it to another forward that's there, offloads it to someone else, offloaded, offloads it to DuPont and then it goes on and on like that. Like France are just brilliant at, you know, freeing up their arms um, in contact and, and getting and getting the ball onto someone else. And it'll, yeah, obviously we know how the Springboks defend and the rush and trying to stop you from going wide. So it's probably one of the best ways to counter the rush defense is going so direct that it sucks everyone in. And then like Cooks has said, then the space will open up for the cross kicks. And yeah, I'm sure obviously both DuPont and Jalibert and probably, well, 
Pinot even <laughs> showed a, a, a good cross kick um, last time as well. And I think the big difference between the two teams in the World Cup so far is France have taken their chances most more in in in, in the games. Even in the New Zealand game, they're a little bit um, on the I mean not wasteful, but like they had a few chances that they messed up. But they did take their chances eventually in the second half. While the Springboks have, like Sean said, I think it's just that. Uh, uh, I don't know if people still use this phrase, but it's like that blue ball situation of, you know, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you just can't break through. And I think that's probably the bigger difference between the two sides at the moment is um, seeing uh, who can limit their mistakes, limit their penalties, be as efficient as possible when you get into the 22 and limit their turnovers. Like, according to the stats, France have conceded the least penalties out of the eight quarterfinalists and South Africa has conceded the most turnovers while France conceded the least turnovers. So it's those things I think that probably make, that can make a big difference. If South Africa can fix that, obviously it gives them a big chance of winning. Um, yeah. Thomas. I, I, I agree that, that we've been like, we've been taking our chances and being patient, but at the same time, have we, have we really been tested in this World Cup? Like the mm. opening game was was good, it was the All Blacks, but I think the like the game ball in play time was twenty seven minutes, so it it wasn't that much of a high paced or high intensity game. High intensity, yeah, it was intense, but high paced game. Um, and then Uruguay, we played our B side, and and the game was so so. And then Namibia was a very easy game, and Italy was much easier than we thought. So I don't think that team has been really tested in terms of patience and efficiency and all that. Um, and I don't know where we are uh, regarding uh, regarding those areas. So mm -hmm. this is going to be the first real, really tough game uh, in a while. So I'm curious to see how patient we will be and how efficient we will be. Sean, how do the Springboks counteract the 16th man, the French um, crowd? Obviously, they're going to be playing. <laughs> it's an away game, obviously more so than it would be in a, any normal World Cup. And we know how partisan the French car can get and how involved they are. And obviously, they seem to believe a lot um, in their team and, 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 and you know, uh, and, and in everything that they're trying to do at the moment. Like, is it, I, I think the only way that I can think of is trying to get up on the scoreboard and try to get a lead as quickly as possible. Agree, totally. We are in a fortunate position that having been so successful recently and, and champions playing sides away, it was generally always packed out. Um, it was generally like, uh, um, uh, you know, it was quite a, quite a sort of the game. So we kind of used to that. Um, and we obviously ex experienced it in France um, and in Paris in the last couple of years, but agree totally. It's all about, it's all about asserting dominance. It's all about like, to use a rugby phrase, like just giving the referee the right pictures, like being on side. And you've seen the Springboks be sort of a half a meter, like back from the line and being on side uh, on ruck defense um, and during this World Cup, like really trying to make sure the referees worry about you and and do that front football and monster people. And then you start getting an ascendancy because like the French crowd have often, like they're not shy to turn to turn on their team. But because the team is dominating so much and they expect so much out of them, we, we put like 20, 30 minutes of dominance on them 
and we get some points and the crowd know that they have to chase and the team knows they have to chase. If there's like a handling error or something, then all of a sudden it, there's different murmurings in the crowd and that will boost us. But it, it, it's it's the beginning, the beginning, the beginning, the beginning. We've got to work it and work it hard. Yeah, it's going to be a massive first 20 minutes um, in this game. Cooks, the individual battles you're looking forward to for Sunday? Oh, I think for me, it's the the battle between the person that connects the TMO to the referee and the and then and then the, the crowd. Just in case, it was last time you know, <laughs> was the TMO communications just disappeared, Thomas. So I just want to make sure is everything fine with the TMO? Will the be will the communication be fine? Because that's a, that's a battle that us Africans don't want to lose again after last year. Just want to make sure, Thomas, the TMO the comes the communication is going to be fine. I can I can hear the trauma. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's going to be fine. It's a World Cup, so I hope it, it would be too obvious to, to, to do anything. Sure. No, just make sure. Too obvious. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> well, you're going to make sure. But uh, Tyler, no, seriously, I think for me, it's, um, I think the Lebok, Jalibé battle with Lebok, or the Pollard Lebok versus Jalibé, I think that's going to be a big one. Um, I think that's where the game will be won and lost for me personally. I think the 10-1 is, the 10 battle is going to be massive. I think, obviously, Lepok is coming under. Whether he finishes the game or starts the game, I think he's going to play a massive role this weekend. And uh, I think Pollard, obviously, he's coming back, obviously, from injury. I think he's obviously the, the, the sort of coming in as the, as, the, as the hero, as the banker of the box. When he, the box needs Benjali Bear, obviously, he's shown incredible form from coming, taking off from Tamak and going to the group stage. So I think whatever 10 or 10s in South Africa play well, I think, yeah, in South Africa, I think oh, big rest on our, in our tens, whether it doesn't matter who starts, but I think they, they'll both play a massive role. I think obviously Dante Dillon is going to be great, but yeah, I think it's all cliche. I think the game's going to be one the 10 channel. Yeah, it usually is. Um, Sean, any battles you're looking forward to? Well, as boring as it is, I'm looking forward to the midfield battle. <laughs> as always, I uh, it's going to be huge. And um, Thomas, you, you mentioned about um, Delendi like attacking that, that 10, 12 channel. The last time he played, he was monstering people and, uh, and they seemed to not play him that much after and over Sexton and, uh, and, and ring roast. So I almost feel like they, they're going to be unleashing him big time. And I even think against Dante, that's going to be an epic battle because he's not going to exclusively like try and miss Dante and run only um, at 10. He's definitely going to be fronting it up on both sides and they've got two massive defending midfielders as do we, and it's going to be epic and there's going to be so much happening there. And this is the game, the Springboks and the fans have been, we kind of been waiting for something to happen. Like keep saying like, are we going to deliver now? Like, this is it. This is the time we deliver and we show our hand. <laughs> like, so it's going to happen. And if nothing happens, then we know that what we've been doing is how we've been planning it. But yeah, it's uh, exciting times. But the midfield for me, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I'll go to the loose forwards then and be stereotypical myself. Like, uh, yeah, French loose forwards are fantastic. Obviously, the Springbok loose forwards are great. We'll see if um, it's Vermeulen or uh, Jasper Visa that plays at eight. But just on the flanks, I mean, Charles Olivon is playing fantastically right now. Uh, Geelong has come back well from his injury. 
Um, yeah, unfortunately, that means Francois Cross is going to be playing probably off the bench at the moment. But yeah, Colisi and Peter Steff have been doing their things as well. And yeah, we know how good pretty much all of those four loose forwards are in the ruck, like either in counter-racking or stealing ball or, in, or interfering with the ball or slowing things down. Like they are up there with Ireland and being the most elite at that. And we know how great they are with ball in hand and they're making their mark in the tackle. So yeah, I think those, the the loose forward, the loose forward uh, pa- uh, groups in both teams will be making a big impact in how this game goes. Uh, Thomas, is there any other like, uh, individual battles you're looking forward to. Well, you've taken all. You've taken all the good ones. Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am excited for the midfield battle, and I am excited uh, for the number eight battles as well. Because I think sh- shutting down Aldrit is is crucial if you want to contain France. The last one I want to, I think, is going to be massive, and again, we're coming back to him. It's Pano. If you can, if you can expose Pano's <laughs> weaknesses in defense, and you have the weapons to do so, uh, whether it's on Arenta's side or Colby. Uh, they can run around him, uh, so that would be that would be that would be key. If you can, if you can put your your wingers in 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 situations where where they can play one on one with Pano, he could be exposed a few times during the game, and that could be that could be crucial. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be such a massive game. And then I think just to start rounding out now, Thomas. I, yeah, it's I had the nice opportunity of going actually to France, and it was it was so great. It was just. Yeah, I think just seeing how France has really taken up this World Cup um, and supported it and supported not only their team, but filled up the stadiums for most of even like the tier two uh, games as well, made it such a great atmosphere. Yeah, I think we talked about um, the crowd singing La, La Marseillaise like every 30 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it seems like the vibe at the in, in the country right now is really just supporting this World Cup. Yeah, yeah, and I think the fact that France has a chance in this World Cup plays a massive part in that. Like we, we're we're very gracious hosts when when things go our way, and we can <laughs> be, we can be pretty annoying and 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 sour when it when it doesn't when they don't. Uh, so so at the moment it's 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 all going very well, and if we win on on Sunday, it will keep going very well. It could it it could also die down when France is eliminated. So. It's been very enjoyable. Uh, I haven't been to any games because I've been working uh, during it. Mm. But uh, seeing full stadiums, uh, people singing, even if it's La Marseillaise every five minutes, uh, there's been massive atmospheres. Um, I, I live in Toulouse, so I've seen fans in town enjoying enjoying the nightlife, enjoying enjoying the city. It, it's been really, it's been a good experience for everyone, I think, so far. So hopefully, it's, it goes on that way. Cooks, I'm very worried if the Springboks do win that France will just kick out all the teams and say the World Cup is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. Yeah, go home. Everything, everything that happens now doesn't matter. I mean, we can host. I mean, we got stadiums. We got stadiums, and we're not, we're not doing anything. I mean, Wales can host. I'm sure the, <laughs> sure the Dragons are willing to have some some good sides playing in the stadium for a change. So, I mean, anyone, <laughs> anyone, anyone can get it. I think they have great stadiums in Germany as well. So maybe we can. Yeah. <laughs> Germany. We just have to complete the World Cup there. Um, Thomas, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your insight into the French team and what we can look forward to. And I think, yeah, we are all informed with this. Um, I've made sure that the recording has gone as well as possible. So I do believe this one will actually um, see the light of day and not be in the last tapes. But yeah, you're... <laughs> 
by far the most often or like uh, the person has come back to the podcast the most, but unfortunately at least no one has heard it yet. So I'm, I'm hoping that people will listen to this and learn a few things about the French team. It's been a pleasure and uh, I'll, I'll come back anytime. Even if this one doesn't work, uh, I'll, I'll be resilient. Look, yeah, at this stage, we're just inviting you just to talk about rugby <laughs> and just enjoy your company. So yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. Um, but yeah, we will continue with our series of trying to get a podcast in at least for each and every day for the rest of the week. We're going to do a, a bit of an in-depth Springbok preview. We're going to look into the 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 other quarterfinals as well. And yeah, everything to build up for a big weekend of Rugby World Cup quarterfinals. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this Rugby Bits and Pieces episode. We will see you again for the next podcast.